A beautiful mess. That's what we're talking about for the next few weeks. We're all talking about relationships because if we're honest, the very nature of relationships is they are messy. If you have kids, you know they make messes. I have a two-week-old. She's already an expert at one thing, making a mess, right? So messes, messes, messes. Anytime we involve people and people in the same spot, we have a mess. Anytime we have a single person alone with their own thoughts, good chance we're going to get a mess, right? You put me by myself for a while, it's going to get real messy real quick. That's just how it happens. But the whole idea of, of how we treat each other, how we treat our, our kids, how we how deal with our romantic relationships, how we deal with our, our brothers and sisters and our parents, it doesn't just have to be a mess. It can be a beautiful mess. And so um, kind of thinking through this and what we're, what we're dealing with for the next few weeks, I was thinking about why the whole reason Jesus comes to earth is instead of being a God who looks at our mess and says, you guys need to do that different, you need to change this, that's wrong. I told you, why, 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 why are you doing that? Like, you know, the parent on the couch, like, what? stop that! You know, just screaming and nothing happens, right? Instead, Jesus comes to earth and says, all right, all right, all right, I got this mess and I'm diving in with you, right? And that, that's what Jesus does. He's like, oh, okay, 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 okay. You got a mess? I'm here with you. I'm going to get slimy. I'm going to get gooey. I'm going to do whatever it takes, but I'm going to be with you in this mess. We're going to turn it into a beautiful mess. And so that's where we're going for the next few weeks. And that's what we're going to be uh, talking about. Because if we look at, if I'm honest with you about my life, it is a beautiful mess. There is some gorgeous things in it. There's also some very, very, very messy things. I have a feeling your life, that you got some messy things in your life, and you have some beautiful things too. But when we can realize that it can be messy and beautiful at the same time, then we can be a lot more content, a lot more excited, a lot more happy in our own mess. Romans 12.2 says this, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Transform you by changing the very way in which you think. The world teaches us to handle stuff a certain way. It, we watch a TV show, we read something online, we uh, read a book, whatever it is, uh, it, it teaches us that life is messy and, well, you're just going to be miserable. And hopefully, maybe you'll get a glimmer of hope or fun somewhere in there. If you watch any movie, TV show, whatever, that's, oh, well, life's terrible. And, well, let's just poke fun out of it as much as we possibly can. I mean, this is how Tim the Toolman Taylor made his living, right? So, and all, all the comedians, this is what they do. They look at life and they say, well, it's terrible. Let's poke fun at it. Except for Christians, we don't need to conform to this thought process. Instead, we, we get a chance to make this mess that we live in beautiful. So let God transform you into a new person by changing the way in which you think. Change the operating system. And so we're going to talk about that for the next couple of weeks. And the first way we're going to deal with that is with communication. Communication. 
Everyone here is a perfect communicator, right? You never even have arguments with yourself. Right? You just you com- you communicate perfectly, uh, and so this is going to be a real short message. <clears throat> Not at all. I know you. Uh, so this is going to be a no-elbow message, okay? I got in trouble last time because I didn't give a no-elbow uh, disclaimer by Missy Rainford. She, she said, I think Jason's ribs are bruised, so uh, can you please give that disclaimer? No elbow, all right? Elbows mean uh, you do that, you do this. You don't, no, you don't need to do this. This is about communication. This is bad communication, okay? If you, if you needed to know, bruised ribs is bad communication, okay? So um, there's the, your first lesson of the day. You're like, really? Yeah, don't do that. Okay, good. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. George Bernard Shaw. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. And you've lived this. You lived it this morning. But I told you, I thought we talked about this. Didn't you say? I just caused five fights. All right, we're going to hopefully correct that by the end of the day. But also, next week's going to be on conflict resolution. So you're going to have to wait a whole week. So uh, don't, don't, don't hurt anybody. <laughs> for that. But I told you so. I said, we talked about this. We think communication happened, and it doesn't. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. There are four levels of communication. The first is this, surface level communication. Surface communication. This is the head nod. How you doing? If you're a Jeep owner, it is the two finger up as you pass a Jeep. Can't do it for anybody else, but if you own a Jeep Wrangler, whoop, whoop, down. Every, every time. I miss it so much. Surface level communication, right? We, we, we do these. We, we have these, and it's the fist bump. It's a, okay, hi. I acknowledge your existence, but I don't really want to talk to you. Uh, surface communication. Uh, do, I gave everybody like a panic attack. They don't really want to talk to me. No, it's just, it's just how we live life, right? Huh? Hmm? Hmm? Surface level. It's a like on Facebook. Just, eh, that's, that's cute. Second thing is this general information. And many marriages devolve into the general information. It's not this way until you have kids. You have kids and they start doing things, right? I have first graders now. My schedule got infinitely more full when they became first graders. Four-year-olds, it wasn't that bad. Whatever. First graders, I got to go to the prison. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what's happening right now. Uh, right? I'm actually using a planner and a calendar. I've made it this far in life and I never wrote anything down because I could keep it all straight. Well, most of the things straight and I have a wonderful wife who can keep me straight. But uh, I, I had all this stuff. Now I'm using and putting things in the calendar and it's like, huh? What is this? Because general information gets overloaded. If we're not careful, all our marriages just turn into an exchange of general information. Where do I need to be? What am I doing? How am I picking them up? And that gets to be a problem. General information, even when when... Uh, we have a problem with this between husbands and wives because men are really good at exchanging general information. Men are cliff notes, post-it note type people. What do I need to know? Where do I need to be? What do I need to do? Got it. We have some problems with this. The first one, we're going to show you a video of how this becomes a problem. Hey, buddy. Hey, you want to go see a movie? I'm an AT&T customer, so I can bring a friend for free on Tuesdays. 
Hon, do I want to go to the movies with Rick on Tuesday? I thought we were going to sit on the couch together on Tuesday. I already got plans that night, sorry. It's fine. Go ahead. You know what? I'm in. I just might be scared by myself. Brain check, buddy, next time. It's fine. I'll call my sister. Change plans. Let's do this. She might have class, though. No can do, Chief. You know what? Go. Oh, it's on. So we're going. Great, I think. Right? He's good. He actually paid attention the whole time. He is what we should aspire to as men. Right? Like, he's on. He just doesn't miss a beat. Okay, I got it. I, 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 you can tell his friend is single and he is married. That's how that works. But he, he, he's trying so hard to get, what am I doing? Where am I? Is this a trap? Like, that, that's what I would be thinking. Wait a minute. Is there a wrong answer here? Um, and we're dealing with it. Because men deal with these levels of communication. Hey, it's okay. That's why I put lids on things. All right. If I say, hey, Matthew. Matthew says, Hey, how you doing? Okay, we're good. Me and Matthew, we are tighter now. We are, be- we are better friends because of that inter- inter- interaction. We're good, right? General information, Matthew, what are you doing on Monday night? You need to be a men's group. Okay, good. Monday night, men's group, you need to be there. Okay, good. We're, done. We, we're good. We're good. We know exactly where we're at. Women do something differently. Okay, now you all think I'm going to get myself in trouble right now. See, my wife is here today. Um, see, I am smarter because I've learned things that I already communicated what I was going to talk about today last night. And I judged by facial expressions if I was going to be in hot water or not. And I'm okay. All right. The master's level class will be taught on Wednesday, guys. No, I, so, um, anyway, women do this differently. Because the next level is deep feelings. Deep feelings. Men do, we engaged? What are we doing? Mm, Deep feeling? Okay, that that was it. But that's where we got. Women interchange general information and deeper feelings, and they don't tell anybody about it. And you get extremely upset with the man in your life when he misses the change. Whoa, I thought we were talking about what we were doing Tuesday night. No, I was telling you by my heart feelings and how, how all this stuff. I missed it. So, guys, this is what happens. She's throwing you fastballs, right? Right down the middle of the plate. And you're like, oh, it's a fastball. Tuesday night, boom, got it. Whoa, I'm an awesome husband. But then she says, well, it really hurts in this. And so-and-so said that, and that's a curveball. And you were waiting for Tuesday night, and you went, and struck out. And you just, your weight was gone, and you just shifted. See how I still kept guys engaged? I talked about baseball. And they're like, oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> we, we deal with that because this is what happens constantly in your relationships. And women get mad. And they get so mad. You don't listen to me when I'm talking. And you get irate and some of those conversations are just happening in your head and the guy still doesn't even know you're mad right no elbows <laughs> no elbows he doesn't know because what happens is you 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 fooled him you're a better pitcher than he is a hitter and you throw curveballs and sliders at him and he doesn't know he's just looking for a fastball he thought you were on general information what was going on and you got to be very very careful about that okay guys i'm going to tell you how to know if you've switched to a deeper feeling Okay, you're going to ask some follow-up questions. This does some really good stuff. Because if you ask a follow-up question, one, she knows you're paying attention. This is important. Now, ladies, I'm going to give a disclaimer. If your husband asks you one of these questions later today, do not get mad at him. You're cheating. Jared just told you to do this. Do not do that, because then he will never ask one of these questions again. All right? 
Seriously. Let, let him have a cheat sheet. He's trying to get better. Be happy about that. Okay? So he will ask you. Guys, this is, you need to write this down. Text it to yourself. Somebody text a brother if you know he needs him. Whatever needs to happen. Women, don't write it down for your husband. Don't do that. Just, just say it. It's all worth the price of admission right there. That one was. Um, ask one of these. Whichever is appropriate for... You might just start rattling them off because you don't know what's appropriate. This is going to be funny. Ask one of these. Then what happened? Right? Because if it's there on Tuesday night, then what happened doesn't work. Okay, it's not general information. It's deeper feelings. Then what happened, honey? How did that make you feel? It sounds rote. sounds funny. It is so important. How did that make you feel? I can't believe that happened. How can I help with that? And the answer to that, you guys are like, I don't want to ask that question. Then I'm going to get a to-do list. No, you're not. She just wants to talk. She just wants to tell you. How can I help? You can't help with that. It just it hurts. It's frustrating. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, sweet. I didn't, didn't get anything added to my to-do list. Nine times out of ten, that'll happen. What I hear you need from me is this. And then you ask a clarification question. And then she can say, no, I don't need that at all. You missed it. You were on general information. I was on deeper needs. Okay, I got a clarification question. We're doing better. Does that make sense? I know we're, we're having fun this morning because I want to keep it light because this is a real deal. And some of you are really struggling with this in your relationships, either with your kids that are maybe a different gender than you and you, you don't understand. Maybe your dad struggling with a teenage daughter and you're like, ah, uh, and, and you, well, that's a general, you're okay if that's how you feel. Uh, we, they all feel that way. But you just, you want to talk and you, you want to know and you don't want to lose them in your life, whether that is, whatever that is, you, you've got to be able to make the switch. So ask these questions. Then what happened? How did that make you feel? How can I help you with that? What I hear you need from me is this. Ask those questions. Every day will be like Valentine's Day, okay? It's, it's imperative. You were opening up her heart by asking those questions, which leads to the next thing, deep needs. It's the final level, the fourth level of communicating deep needs. It's heartfelt things. Women will not share these things unless you paid attention to the last one. This is the graduate level, all right? So guys are like, I don't know what she really wants. That's because you didn't pay attention to the general information or feelings. So you don't know where she's going in her head because she doesn't feel that she can trust you with those things. That's just the way it works, all right? But this is how you unlock her heart. This is how you, you, you take the next step in your relationship. Maybe you, you've been married for a long time and it feels like we used to get somewhere that we don't get. Our hearts used to be connected in a way that maybe we're not there anymore. It's because you've gotten back too far into general information all the time and, and maybe missing some deep feelings, ideas. And now you need to get the feelings down so you can get into your, each other's needs. So listen, pay attention. She'll let you know the deep, the deep needs once you've got the deep feelings down. Guys, you need to actually tell your wives what your needs are. You guys actually have to communicate these things. The, the words have to come out of your mouth. And they might not be that complicated, ladies. You don't have to make things up. I read this online this week, and this is a perfect example of deep needs uh, and, and feelings. Okay, so you ready for this? This is, this is perfect. You just put a picture up. And this is, this is a, a relationship... This is a relationship that's missing the deep needs and uh, issues, right? She is freaking out 
She is thinking the relationship is over. The longing in her eyes, she is hurt. Guy's not picking up on that part. He's just thinking. Her diary. Tonight, I thought my husband was acting weird. We'd made plans to meet, a nice, meet at a nice restaurant for dinner. I was shopping with my friends all day long, so I thought he was upset at the fact that I was a bit late. He made no comment on it. Conversation wasn't flowing, so I suggested that we go somewhere quiet so we could talk. He agreed. They didn't say much. I asked him what was wrong. He said nothing. I asked him if it was my fault that he was upset. He said he wasn't upset. They had nothing to do with me and not to worry about it. On the way home, I told him I loved him. He smiled slightly and kept driving. I can't explain his behavior. I don't know why he didn't say I love you too. When we got home, I felt as I had lost him completely, as if he wanted nothing to do with me anymore. He just sat there quietly and watched TV. He continued to seem distant and absent. Finally, with silence all around us, I decided to go to bed. About 15 minutes later, he came to bed, but I still felt that he was distracted and his thoughts were somewhere else. He fell asleep. I cried. I don't know what to do. I'm almost sure his thoughts were all, are with someone else. My life is a disaster. Terrible. His diary. Motorcycle won't start. Can't figure out why. So, so guys, you know she doesn't care about your motorcycle, right? But you're going to be like, I'm just thinking there's a problem here at work or a problem here. This is what my head's going at. And ladies, it really is that problem. That's how our, the head works, okay? That's how the guy, it's not that complicated. With communicating needs, here, here's the deal. If a guy says a need, and we, we mess up with this all the time. <laughs> Me and my wife miss boats on this sometimes. Um, here, uh, but if I say, I'd like to go camping, that's a, I'm going to go camping. That's all I was thinking about. I'm go, I want to go camping. She immediately goes, we got to get a new tent. I got a coupon for this thing. I got to buy this and I got to do these things. I wonder if my mom could watch the kids that weekend. Are we taking the kids? How about the dog? What, all this to-do list happened and now she's exhausted from camping. I don't want to go camping. It has all these things. I was like, I was just thinking maybe some family time with the kids would be fun. I didn't know it was a deal. I didn't know it was big, right? Ladies, he was just thinking, maybe we need to do some... He probably didn't care if we go camping. He just, maybe we should do a family activity. That was, that was all he was communicating. That was the need that was being communicated there. Don't make it bigger than it actually is. Ask, you can ask clarification questions yourself, but don't fill in the blanks yourself. That causes problems, okay? Guys, offer up the why you want to do stuff. Women don't read into what's actually, <laughs> uh, read into it because it's actually probably not there. Okay. Four barriers for communication. The first is this withdrawal. Communication uh, barrier. The first is withdrawal. There was a man and a woman. They were in, uh, they were having some problems uh, communicating. They were doing the old silent treatment, right? That's the, f- first or second step of fighting with, with someone is you do the silent treatment. We've all done that. You know, the war of silent treatment when you can't, foot bear not touch me in bed because that, that means you lost the silent treatment because you do the body connection. Don't, women always win that because their feet are always cold, right? It's, and then you just get madder. Uh, sorry. Sorry, honey. <laughs> this is what it is. Silent treatment. You, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. So there's a story, this guy, he, uh, they're in the middle of silent treatment. He doesn't want to lose. So he leaves a note on his wife's, uh, at, where his wife gets ready in the morning and says, please wake me up at five. Um, 
I have a flight at 9, um, blah, blah, blah. And so he just leaves it there, but he doesn't say anything. He just leaves it there. Wakes up at 9 o'clock in the morning. Missed his flight. What is going on? Looks around, looks at his nightstand. There's a note. It says, wake up. <laughs> silent treatment doesn't work. And guys, you are not equipped to uh, handle a war of silent treatment with your wife. You're just not, it's not going to happen. Uh, number two barrier is escalation. Escalation. Start yelling at each other. Start ramping it up. That doesn't work. It really causes a problem. There's studies to be shown that when a guy's heart rate gets over 100 beats per minute, his fight, what God instilled in him, his fight or flight mechanisms is engaged. He is incapable of rational thought. He is, it's all fight or flight. That is where he went. And so, because God made him that way, he's incapable of it. And so you're like, why are you not listening? Why are you acting crazy? That's because you actually did make him crazy at that moment. All right. Woo. I'm just going to set that one there. Um, so number one, never say you make me crazy. That's a bad choice. And uh, two, don't use that against someone today. Um, but escalation, we, we ramp it up because of the next one. Uh, it right, happens right, right, right before. Number three is belittling. We tear the person down. We want to win the fight, and if we attack first, we get, to, uh, we get to win the fight usually. Whoever attacks first and the hardest wins the fight. But you're losing in your marriage. So did you really win the fight? No. Stop the belittling. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. It's so much easier, like, you know you're wrong, so if you just hit hard and fast, like, I can win, knock them off their toes, and they what just happened here? So you're like, I don't know, my wife, I know, like, three days later, she's going to come back with the greatest comeback ever, but if I attack fat first, like, she's like, what, what? And then she goes and stews in, in, in a room and thinks about it, but she's like, it's past now, it's three days ago. Can't bring that back out. So I, I, no belittling. You don't do that. You know, stop, stop it, stop it, stop it. If you struggle with that, stop it. Fourth one, and this one's terrible, is false beliefs. This one has the, the ability to destroy even worse than the silent treatment, the escalation, and the belittling is false beliefs, is that your communication is so broken that you start making stuff up to fill in the blanks. Just like this woman in the Dear Diary thing, she's, she thinks he's cheating on her. His stupid motorcycle's broken. Right? False beliefs. You, you create stories in your life. You, you create things because you're trying to fill in the blank when your communication is so broken in that. You've got you to make sure that what you're operating on is actual truth, not something that you made up. Does that make sense? Head rattle? Okay. Words are important, and how we use them is critical to how we deal with our beautiful mess. Words are important, and how we use them is critical to how we deal with our beautiful mess. So we're going to move on to how are we supposed to communicate? We just spent 20 minutes on how we're not supposed to communicate. And like, thanks, Jared. That's exactly how all of my conversations go. So I need help. And what am I supposed to actually say? All right. So how do we communicate positively? How do we communicate God's way? Using words well helps create a world that I actually want to live in. All right. 
When you're in a bad relationship, it's not a world that you're like, I don't want to be here right now. But using words well creates, helps create a world that you want to be in. Okay? First one is this. Heap praise on people, on your kids, coworkers. It doesn't matter who. Heap praise. Now, there's something about bra- pra- praise. Praise is different than blowing smoke, right? Praise is this. It's not flattery. Praise is this. In Proverbs, it says, A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. In the setting of silver which means it's like these beautiful gold apples, which serve no function, but beautiful gold apples in a bowl. Right? It's beautiful and useful. So heaping praise on someone is beautiful and useful. So it's not just flattery. Flattery is nice sometimes, but if it has no substance, it doesn't, doesn't do anything. But it's beautiful and useful. Second thing, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, Proverbs 18, 21 to 22 says this. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. That first part was one of the very first messages Kelly and I heard by our favorite pastor and mentor, Uh, nine years ago now? And she will say it. There's power of life and death in the tongue. There's power of life and death in the tongue. When something has happened in the house, there is power of life and death in the tongue. And there is, the tongue has that power. So when I think about Thanksgiving, being thankful for someone, that we speak thanks into them. If you are thankful for something, thank you, honey, for doing this. Thank you for that. And actually meaning it, you take away the feelings of being taken for granted. They are thankful for that. You take away the, the feelings of somehow you're owed something. They're thankful. And so my challenge to you is try to be th- say thank you for something 10 times a day. Be thinking about it. Don't judge you. Man, the pastor just told me to do that. We're, we're working on tools in which to get better at. And you will, if you start incorporating thanks, thankfulness in your marriage, it will just start being natural. Say thank you. Number three, affection. Jeremiah 31, verse 3 says this. I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. Be affectionate. Say nice things. Number four, encouragement. Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may be benefit those who listen. Now this one's hard. What I'm getting ready to say is hard. It's a hard truth. There are no neutral words. Words either build up or they tear down. They don't keep you the same in an economy of relationship. You either invest into your children or you're tearing down into your children. You either invest in your relationship or you tear down in your relationship. You either invest in your coworkers or you tear down your coworkers. There are no neutral words. They all mean something. And so when Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Folks, if you want to be different in the world... If you want to live out Romans 12 easily, 
make this first part of Ephesians 4.29 your, your life verse. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. You will be different than anybody. Jesus will be shining outside of you because the world is full of unwholesome talk. And I'm not just talking about crude jokes. I'm talking about tearing down people. I'm talking about gossip. I'm talking about all those different things. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Number five, kindness. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. If you, if you are getting married and I'm doing the ceremony, all these Proverbs are part of our premarital counseling. There's, a, there's pages of Proverbs you got to read and think about because all these affect how you think about marriage, how you think about relationship. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Have you ever responded to a question with anger or responded to anger with anger and it went well? Has that, that ever happened? I'd like to know. Send me a note or something, because I've never seen it actually happen. But a gentle answer to wrath, it changes the environment. Six, and this one's tough. This one's real hard. Say truth in love. Truth in love. Ephesians 4.15, we will speak truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Truth in love. Someone, it's okay to say, I don't like that. It's okay to say something is wrong here. It's okay to point out there's an issue, there's a problem. Often we we say, oh, well, if I'm going to communicate this way, I can't ever bring up issues. No, that's not true. You got to have, but you have to speak the truth in love. Maybe a way to figure this out is this. Truth without grace is mean. You should be writing that down right now. Truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. You can be right and totally mean and be way wrong and hurt the relationship. You can have grace. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to bring it up, whatever. But you're not presenting truth. So it's meaningless. Some of us are way too aggressive that we just want to bring truth out and we hurt the relationship. Some of us are so passive aggressive that we hurt the relationship because we don't bring any truth into the situation. We're generally good at one of these, right? Truth and love. I heard this week, and I think it applies to this. What you feel is real but it's not necessarily right. What you feel is real, but not necessarily right. I am angry. Okay, why are you angry? Because this. Yeah, but that's not based on a truth. What you feel is real, but not necessarily right. So before you say it, write it, speak it, yell it, sing it, check it out. Is it of grace and is it truth? It is possible to shut your mouth. It is possible not to say things. I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) Truth and love. And finally, prayer. 
Psalm 16, 8 through 9. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure. The fastest way to change communication in your marriage is to pray for them. The fastest way to change communication with your kids is to pray for them. The fastest way to change communication with your issues at work is to pray for them. You need an attitude shift because prayer does one thing. It changes your attitude. It is really, 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 really difficult to be really irate with someone that you're praying for in a healthy way. If you're praying, God, I wish you'd strike them down. That's not healthy. That's not the way this goes. But um, if you are praying for them, God, I, I, here, I'll give you a sample, right? Let God, I just, I just pray that, I'll, I pray that Kelly has a great day today. I pray that whatever she touches today, just, just, she just does an amazing job. I pray that she uh, develops people. I pray that she finds, um, just finds hope in the conversations that she has. Just easy, easy prayer like that. Pray that, uh, God, I know they're struggling with something at, at work. I know, I know they have this huge, huge issue happening. I know they have this uh, big project happening. I know that the sales... Okay. I, know, I know that sales, his boss is breathing down his neck. God, I just pray for him today. That's easy stuff. Just knowing what's going on in life. Turning your exchange general information into prayers. Right? You can do that. And then you can do that with exchange needs. You can change those things. I know this is weighing on her, their heart. Lord, help me. And help me, Lord, to control my tongue with them. You may have a fantastic relationship, but pray for them. Pray for them. You don't even have to pray out loud for them. That's just bonus. But pray for them. It will change your heart. It will change their heart. You're inviting God to work in your relationship. There's power in praying. Better communication is possible. It is actually possible. Maybe you find yourself in a marriage right now and you're like, Jared, I have no idea how we're going to make the next steps possible. It is better, but it starts with prayer. Improving it can make the mess we call life a little more beautiful. Pray for me. Pray with me, sir. God, help me to incorporate these truths into my life. We know that you want more for us, that you have more planned for our relationships, that there's, there's more to parenting than this, there's more to work than this, there's more to our, our marriage than this. Help us grow together. Help us to grow more in love. Amen. There's a challenge I have for you that, that, that maybe every day for the next, just this week or month or whatever you want to do, pray every day, God, help me fall more in love with my kid, spouse, whatever. It's okay that you might not feel that you're in love with your child. If they're a teenager, I understand how this happens. But help me to fall more in love with them today. And you may be head over heels in love, like it is, you just got married. You're like, ooh, it, you know, the, the church bells are still ringing. You are in love, 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 love. But it's still not a bad prayer to pray. Lord, help me to fall more in love with my today, or today than I was yesterday. Pray that. Commit to it. It'll take 30 seconds of your day. It can change your life.